Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Rant and Grow. I'm your host, Tulio Siragusa. And today I'm joined by Wayne Sutton, who is a executive coach, business coach. And we're going to talk about getting real. We're going to talk about what it takes to look at yourself in the mirror and own your potential. So, Gary, uh, sorry, Wayne, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So I'm glad to be here. Very excellent. Very so, Wayne, if you don't mind, please uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell sure, us about yourself. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, Wayne Sutton, I am, I am the coach's coach. Whenever that means is I train coaches, thought leaders, course creators on how to truly build a business helping other people. Uh, my website's how to sell your coaching.com. And you know, the reason I love working with coaches and this is the best introduction I guess I can give is I can only help so many people in a day, but if I can help somebody else, help somebody else. Oh my gosh. You know, it's exponential what we can do, but, um, most people need to recognize they can change their own life or help somebody else in changing theirs. Thanks Wayne. Appreciate the introduction. So, uh, people love, to get real on rent and grow this, the genesis of the podcast was actually a real live coaching session with yeah. people who very vulnerably opened up about their blockages and challenges. And it's mm -hmm. since evolved to speaking with other consultants and authors and coaches uh, with the same purpose, right? Try to reach more people. Um, so I'm curious to learn your personal journey first, before we tackle some of the things you've learned on how you help, your clients, sure. what got you to this point? What was the moment in your life that was transformative to say, you know what, I broke through this. And I want to help other people do it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that moment actually was going through a divorce, recognizing every modality of life, everything that life is supposed to be, get married, have a child, you know, white picket fence, all of that fun stuff was just shot you mean the day. disney fantasy that we're the sold. disney fantasy was like <laughs> woke up one morning i'm like okay looking at what's going to be next in my life where am i going to move next and then grabbing another as you said disney fantasy and oh crap that didn't work either and now like what do i do how do i accomplish and i just started you know not to sound cliche i just started studying real people i don't mean Nothing against the Tony Robbins and stuff. I started studying real people that I could meet with face to face with and said, tell me about the crappy part of your day and tell me about the good part. What am I doing wrong? And I just, it's a journey. It's a journey I'm still on. But it became looking at the man in the mirror going, no more would this happen to me. Um, and taking control instead of letting life take control of me. So a lot of people obviously struggle with. Um, what I call their traumas or the demons that follow you around mm. that block you and or keep you stuck, right? We a lot of people go through what I call the roller coaster ride, the ups and downs, ups and downs. Never they never actually been able to break through. Most of it's self-imposed. You know, you're a coach, sure. right? You you know that yeah. most of it is completely self-imposed based on beliefs. So, what was it about your own experience that? allowed you to have that breakthrough was there something you learned about yourself that you changed and how has that influenced your practice in helping others to look at that for themselves as well so i, I just uh 
slammed Tony Robbins a while ago, so now I'll give him a little bit of praise. I'm listening to Unlimited Power on cassette tapes. I mean, that's how long ago this was. And he said, if one person did it, you can do it. Just model their behavior, model their mindset. And I said, well, that sounds great. Is there anything to it? Can I really go out there? And so it was getting real with myself going, hey, if because here's the problem I see with people, and I saw it with myself. I don't do well in this area. It's just code word for I'm lazy, I'm undedicated, I won't do what it takes. Right. That's, you know, and oh, I always do things this way, but that's just code word for I'm unwilling to freaking change. And I had to look at the man in the mirror and go, you're, you're pathetic. You've got to change. All right, just a second. Let's repeat that because I'm sure it's going to resonate with some people. What's the key word that's a red flag to, 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 that means something else again? Well, I think if they say, I don't do this, like, I can't lose This is weight. not my I thing. This I don't is do not this my well. thing. I'm that's not right. good at this. I'm not good at learning this. I'm not good at this. I just accept word. that I'm not good at this. Yeah, it's code word for I'm unwilling. <laughs> I'm not willing to change. I'm lazy. I'm, uh, or, or own it. Own it. I'm not willing to do it. It's not bad if you're just saying, I'm not going to do it. But don't make it an excuse. Or, because that's what holds people back. I can't do this. I've always had a short temper. I've always done this. My family, the, my gene, genealogy says this. It's in my DNA. It's in my DNA, yeah. <laughs> Instead of going, no, the man in the mirror, you really have to, when you said it at the very beginning, look at the man and the woman in the mirror. You look at them and go, is this what you want your day to be? Is this, the, is this who you are designing and creating that's going to serve yourself and serve the world? And if it's not, what can I change? And if I don't know how to do something, find somebody that does, which is what got me into coaching anyway. But you've got to be real. And, you know, we look at it's, – it's our own daily walk. Every day is not going to be roses and margaritas on the beach. That's okay. How do I make today the best it can be? And, and look at what excuses. Self-sabotage is 99% of our problem. How can I overcome the self-sabotage? And that goes back to every area of your life. If you can handle that, the world isn't that bad. <laughs> so so uh, what is some of the things you've learned in your coaching that people ought to look out for? So one of the key things you just mentioned is you find yourself saying, this is how I am. I, you know, this is part of my DNA. I grew up this way. People just kind of have accepted mediocrity right as as normal yeah. this is my normal right uh which sometimes it's a, like you said it's a red flag for I, i'm really lazy and i don't want to do the work um or i don't want to be accountable to doing the mm -hmm. work what are some of yeah. the other things you've noticed that hold people back like how could they begin to become self-aware of some of these things that are self-imposed limitations what else they had to they had to really question everything and i mean that like the first 20 years or so, the first 18 years of your life, somebody's telling you what to believe, what to do, how to believe, uh, what your limitations are. And you, and you learn mainly by immersion. I grew up in a pretty um, middle to low income uh, home and broken homes and, and, and deaths. I, I grew up in a pretty, you know, I was loved, but it was pretty crappy. So I grew up in that. So what beliefs am I carrying here in my 40s? That this is how life is. Why do, this is the kind of income people make in this area. So you have to question everything on your identity of who you are, 
why you believe what you believe, and, and really what matters to you, not society. Society will tell you, hey, and, I, and I'm, I'm wearing a, a what I'm wearing my tag watch here. Who cares if Tom Hanks would? Tom Wayne, you there? I think we lost you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody go yeah, ahead. So why do go we ahead have and repeat that. Into this mindset of um, this is how things are. This is who it is. We had to open every day and say, "Who do I want to freaking be?" and then make it a reality. But, so how does that how does that work in terms of in your experience, right? So uh, you work with coaches, and you would think the coaches have it together, right? I often say. It's like the cobbler who's got broken shoes. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many cobblers walk around with broken shoes. Um, have you found it to be more challenging sometimes with coaches because the thinking is, I got all the tools. I've got this figured out. Is that a blind spot sometimes? Like, what is the key thing that helps people open up to being real? What's a key element that you encourage? Key element is essentialism, really finding out what's essential in their life. And in recognizing you can be a great coach and still need a coach. You can be a great dad and still need lessons on how to be a dad. You can be a great whatever and still learn. And when, when people, when people can admit their own ignorance, I'm ignorant in this area and not feel ashamed about it, then they can learn um, period. So that's the first step. And it really goes back to what's essential in your life. What are you trying to accomplish and who are you trying to freaking impress in that accomplishment? Because most times it's somebody else instead of our own self. And that's such a key thing, uh, Wayne. Wouldn't you say? I was listening this morning to a uh, clubhouse talk by mm -hmm. the CEO and chairman of a, a Fortune 500 company talking about how he has multiple coaches. He goes, I, I have a coach who helps me with sales, I have a coach who helps me with relationships of a coach who helps me with a number of things he mentioned and it was so enlightening to realize how incredibly powerful it was for him to be vulnerable to open himself up to realizing you need people to help you along and the reason he explained it was there's people who have already you know paved the way like they're going to save you two three years of headaches of yeah. mistakes and then he's like what is the cost of not investing in yourself and trialing and erring your way through success, which costs significantly more than getting coaches who will work with you. But the, th the key thing that stood out for me is this importance of being vulnerable. Yeah. Do you find that most people who have sort of like in this mindset of this is how I am, this is it, this is it are afraid to be vulnerable and why are they afraid to be vulnerable? Why yeah, do you think they're, they're afraid what other people are going to see again, back to um, the, the sense of significance instead of getting significance from somebody who really cares about you though, we seek that sense of significance from, um, you know, our Facebook friends, our whatever, and, and finding one or two people to say, what's significant? How can I be really significant to you? And admitting, you know, I work, I'm coaching right now a politician that's pretty high up and that can be a little, in, oh, wow, you know, how do I, how do I coach them? They know everybody. They got the money. And they have to realize what don't they know? Where do they need help? That's where I'm helping them at. Um, I'm not teaching them 
while we're all working on some po- on some policy things. But I'm not teaching them areas I don't know. I'm just helping them to see the blind spot of where they're at. I work with doctors and surgeons, and that doesn't mean I have more knowledge than them in that area. But can I help them in that other area? But back to answer your question is people think they have to be on. The, we all wear a mask. Everybody, we wear a mask in front of everybody, and we all pretend that we don't. And if we can realize that's a reality, then we can start to take that mask off. We'll never take it off fully, but we can say, hey, I need some help with this. And when that's a breakthrough. If somebody can say, I need help, then the other person says, oh, wow, I need help too. <laughs> then we can really grow. Yeah, it's amazing, Wayne. Uh the, we wear multiple masks, right, yes. for different reasons. And we wear armor, too. We walk around with an armor, and we never take it off. And so we sometimes are bleeding underneath, but we are afraid to show it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find people you can trust that you can be vulnerable with. And the one thing I love about uh, coaches is one of the requirements, at least to be a certified coach, is you cannot take on a client unless you can be unbiased. You cannot take on a client if you start feeling a sense of judgment towards them. You just right. can't because you're not going to be you're not going to be able to provide them truthful, uh, unbiased advice. And so, uh, just for those listening, one of the benefits of getting a coach is that you, not that they know more, but you get someone who who acts like an angel in your life, hmm. who helps you see the truth for yourself. And has no judgment, no agenda whatsoever. Because sometimes the people who love us give us bad advice too. <laughs> oh, sure, they're the worst coaches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, so that's important. And I love this idea of of uh, a sensation. Uh, sorry, sensualism. Sensualism. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think. Wouldn't you say we live in an overly complicated time? We've filled our plate with stuff. Yeah. And yeah. many have this sort of checklist of the stuff they think will make them happy. That's they might be that's part of the Disney fantasy, right? If you got the <laughs> if you got this, if you got that. I, I know because I, I lived it, right? I, I yeah. had the list. And then I lost the list in two thousand eight mm-hmm. when everything collapsed and I had nothing to to look to being fulfilled other than to find it inside myself. And coaches and mentors and spiritual guides helped me. So I, I'm a testament that it works. But I'm curious in your experience in helping people have those breakthrough. Is there something in particular that they share besides the need of you know being liked by too many people, getting their <laughs> validation by way too many people? Is there something else that uh, could be an underlying issue or malaise that they may need to look a little harder and be a little bit more honest with themselves. Anything else that you've noticed? Yeah, it all, it really does. No matter if I'm helping somebody on a personal business, whatever, it all goes back to recognizing, and, I, and I'm not talking therapy here. There's a difference in therapy and coaching, but we're all broken at some level. Sometimes it's a little crack. Sometimes we've been busted all to pieces, but we've all been broken and it's okay because everybody you're looking at has been broken in some areas, some wounds. And so we, to recognize this is, this is the cards that I was dealt. How do I move forward? And having a clear outcome of what you want in life 
is the number one key and having that outcome be permeable as, as you grow up, as you mature, things change. But what is the outcome? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? Essentialism to me is um, having your cake and eating it too. But you can't have your cake and your pie and your, you know, it's, I want to have a extremely successful business, extremely successful family. I want to be extremely successful in everything I do, but that means I need to be essential on what I do. I cannot do 50 things well. Can I do two or three things very well? And why would I do something? Why would I go and spend? Here's where most people miss it. I want to do this. And the reason they want it is they want to accolade. They need that self. They're either conformist and they're trying to conform or they need that self-assurance from someone else. They need a pat on the back. And why are we really doing what we're doing? And will it matter 50 years from now? That gets you back to focused on the man or woman in the mirror. Am I spending time with my daughters, my son, my wife? Am I building a business? Am I taking time for a podcast like this? Can I inspire one person to look at the man or woman in the mirror and go, hey, you're broken. It's okay. Now let's let's lay that excuse aside and move forward. Yeah, yeah, Wayne. I mean, it's it's tough for a lot of people, right? Uh, especially those who have been broken because of a relationship, whether it was when they were a child with a parent or something that happened that scarred them. And I often say, look, you're not responsible for your upbringing. You're not. Somebody else was responsible, but you're responsible Mm -hmm. as an adult for the choices you make. Yes. And you can keep choosing to let your upbringing dictate your future or you can choose to make new decisions that are yours. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't, don't get to that place till later in life through, through traumatic continuations, right? These vicious cycles of manifesting the wrong relationship, the wrong job, the wrong career, the wrong whatever. And a lot of people, what they do, as you said, they spread themselves very thin, right? Uh, here's how I hedge against being hurt i have multiple people that i date i do multiple business ventures <laughs> i you know i just get my hands on everything and at some point if someone fails me then i still have a fallback plan and it's mm-hmm. uh you know and it's like they think they're playing it smart but it's playing it safe but it's actually playing it small yeah what are your it, thoughts about that yeah i think it is i think it's playing it is definitely playing it small and, and, and if you have your hand in multiple areas uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll recount on that just a second. If you have your hand in multiple areas to determine, hey, this I feel good about, I don't feel good. I'm not saying don't don't test different areas in your life, but if you can't give your heart to something, why are you doing it? And you may give your heart for a moment and realize, oh, this is a bad relationship. Oh, this is a bad career choice. Be willing to shift quickly. Recognize, hey, I tried this, didn't work, let's move on. Or, Is it that it could work, but you're not willing, as I said in the beginning, to learn, to do the discipline, to pick up, to pick up the, the habits, the skill set, the mindset. And when we recognize that no one person has it all figured out, and then you, when your mentors, those you look at, they had to learn, they had to grow, they face problems, they face challenges. The biggest freedom for me was working with some very successful uh, people then realized, oh crap, they got problems too. 
You know, isn't not, that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, they're not showing everything on Instagram or Facebook. Um, when you get to know the truth, it's like we're not all that different. We're not that different at all. And so then we get to say, okay, you're broken. I've been broken. And, and, and so it goes a lot deeper, though. What you said earlier, people keep going through the same problems without getting into the neuroscience of it. It's, it is, are they looking at dopamine rush or they really, what? We're all drug addicts. And what I mean by that is some of us are addicted to that dopamine. Some of us are addicted to that serotonin. We're addicted to. And so what we do is if you know somebody that lives a drama, a life of drama, I call it. When things start going good, their body doesn't know. Literally, the cells of the body have receptor sites and they're going, oh, we're starving. We're in withdrawal. We need problems. So they create it. That's back to the self-sabotage. So you kind of got to do a detox. I think everybody, a detox of everything is I'm going to take, you know, maybe you can't take away 30 days and, you know, go into the mountains or somewhere, but you can take just a mental detox, get off of everything you're learning, who are you studying, where are you learn other than my Christian faith, I detox everything else. Um, and then I want to say, okay, now what does that ideal life look like? If I were, you know, if I were to say this is my ideal life, am I living it today without expectations from social media, my clients, my family even? Am I, am I willing to say I can give everything my family needs and live up to my dreams? And that you got to detox from those, those chemicals in the brain that are leading you. Yeah, so true. You know, some people get lucky with the detox process. It's forced on them, right? They get hit by a two by four, i.e. a bankruptcy or a major loss in a relationship that wakes them up. I say they get lucky because sometimes that is how people wake up, right? And then those who don't have to find their way on their own. And and the beautiful thing is this, for those listening who might have – who some of this might resonate with you. Here's the beautiful thing. You will not fall apart. (laughs) You will not feel lonely. You will not feel worse investing in learning to love yourself first. Yeah. And falling in love with yourself. And what I'm hearing you say is have a bit more of a business mindset about your life. Not just business, but about your life. Like in business, when something's not going well, you pivot, right? Yeah. I, I know a lot of travel tech companies that pivoted from travel this past year because of the pandemic into financial services or financial technology. Mm-hmm. They pivoted, yeah. right? But as individuals, it sounds like what I hear it is, if things aren't going so well, you need to pivot too. And if you're going down a path of a bad relationship, it's time to pivot. But that pivot, and what people do with pivot is they get rid of the relationship instead of digging deeper to saying, okay, yeah. what do I need to pivot within myself? So I yeah. stop manifesting this. And then surprisingly, sometimes when you do that, that relationship turns out to be pretty good. You yeah. didn't have to let go of it. It was you who needed to make the change. All right, we're coming up on time, Wayne. This is great. <laughs> uh, so, so you help coaches build their business. What are some key things you've learned for those coaches who are listening that, uh, that you want to share with them in terms of some blockages that even some coaches might have in terms of expanding their business. If I wanted to make a six-figure, seven-figure salary doing coaching, what are some key things I need to be looking at? 
key key number one is back to what we said earlier, essentialism. And that's really getting us look at what's really essential in your business to where you're going to create that business, your client base, what you're going to deliver to them. And that's number one. And the big pro- problem in that is chasing shiny objects. I have a lot of coaches mm. that are a real estate coach today and then they're a life coach tomorrow and then they're a spiritual coach the next day. And, and, and yeah, some of the same principles apply, but they do, some of them don't. And so you need to really focus and be, a, be very conscious of that. Secondly, you've got to have a very clear offer to the people that you're working with. I can help you or I can't. Be willing to turn away clients more than you're willing to accept the client because you cannot serve everybody. You don't need to serve everybody. And to make a solid six or even go up to seven figures, what I have seen over and over again is just a clear audience that knows this is what they can help me with. And if I don't fit that audience, that's okay. So that's the number one key is just being very essential in your business and in your client avatar who you're going to help i love it i i truly believe the more no's you give the better yeses you're going to get oh yes without a doubt (laughs) well when we're up on time uh any final last minute words of wisdom you'd like to share about uh those who might be on the fence about becoming a coach what are some of the telltale signs someone ought to look at to say you know what maybe i have a potential to be a good coach what are some key things? Someone might be listening saying, I've always wanted to do that, but I don't know how to do it. I'm not sure I have anything to offer. What Any advice yeah. you have? Sure. I think the number one advice is look at who's already coming to you. Are you, kind, are you the kind of person that people naturally come to for help? Can you, as you said, lay judgment aside and listen to a person's heart, listen to a situation? Or do you feel like you have all the answers already? So that doesn't make a good coach. That makes a good know-it-all. Um, but yeah, it's, are you the kind of person that people come to? Are you someone that wants to maybe ditch the nine to five and get paid for helping people? That was my big moment. How can I get paid for helping people and kind of live life on my terms? Oh, well, let's, let's look and see. Um, and so coaching just was a natural integration of that. We do have a book they can pick up at lifecoachlifestyle.com. The reason I promote that book is it's the good, bad, and ugly of coaching. They read it and go, oh, I didn't realize this. Oh, I didn't realize there's five million coaches in the world. I didn't realize competition can be tough. It's not for you. Um, And then, of course, we have a new book coming out called The Wealthy Coach, which lays out our full marketing plan um, in one simple, easy-to-read book, everything that we do. um, And that's over at howtosellyourcoaching.com. But that's my advice. Is it for you? Do you want to help people? And can you lay judgment aside and truly serve? Well, Wayne, it's been great to have you. I'll be sure to have those links on the podcast details. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time, stay safe.